Vital Educators podcast is hosted by self-development coach, investor, and renowned educator, Ahmed Saqib. Ahmed will speak to fellow educators, young professionals, ordinary people like you and me about their life choices that allowed them to become successful in their careers. He will also delve deeper into the psychology and their perception of success, the good, bad, and the ugly. For young students, he will discuss techniques to help you with your learning and development. Ahmed is committed to helping you determine what you want to do in life. He will share his own life experiences of self-discovery and self-realization that has led him to launch this venture. So this podcast is for anyone who wants to know more about various paths to becoming successful in any profession or passion. Hi guys, Ahmed here from Vital Educators. So today I have a brilliant guest on and he is uh, just fantastic because uh, he has studied in, uh, uh, at uh, London School of Economics uh, and he did BSc Economics over there, uh, one of the best schools in the, one of the best universities in the world, of course. And um, he's also worked in Deloitte, in Bloomberg, in UBS and Barclays. And uh, now he is an entrepreneur. So he's left that life and he's decided to become completely independent. He's unplugged the matrix and uh, I'd like to invite him and I'm glad to have him on as well. His name's Tanim. Thank you very much for coming on, Tanim. How's it going? You're right. Very well. Thank you for, uh, for inviting me to speak. Always a pleasure. So um, you since uh, leaving university, you have actually uh, taken part in various um, various endeavors that has be- that have become amazingly successful. I mean, you have uh, had three businesses since you've uh, left Deloitte, since you've left the corporate world in a sense. And uh, you, you, you grew those three bu- businesses to six figure plus per annum revenue within 12 to 18 months. So you're a bit of a mastermind at doing all of this. So tell me, how did this shift happen? How did when did you realize that? Oh my God, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this corporate life stuff. I'm not gonna do the nine to fives. Mm-hmm. But I, what I what I will do is something more, something more meaningful, and uh, I will become an entrepreneur. It's it's really interesting because actually my dream for a very long time was to work in banking and being Canary Wharf, and for as long as I think the dream started when I was in year nine or in year ten. When for the wow. very first time I visited Canary Wharf and I was absolutely mesmerized, and uh, that's when uh, you know the the dream began. And uh, to cut a, a very long story short, what had happened is I decided not to take any loans for university. So that mm. meant that um, I decided to take a gap year to see if I could work for a year and save up as much as I can to mm. then be able to pay off my fees without the loans. And in that process, somehow, by God's grace, I ended up getting an offer for a very new program that Deloitte was running. And Deloitte, again, is uh, one of the big four accounting and professional services firms. Mm. So at 17, here's an Ilford boy rocking up to the city in a nice suit and having no clue (laughs) what he's doing. But I've, I've I've kind of achieved part of my dream which is to have a, you know, a, 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 jo- a job in the financial center of London. And yeah. that year where I was working, this was before university, so I took a gap year before university to work. Mm-hmm. That's when I looked around and I was, and I was you know, the, the, the rose tinted glasses came off because what I was <laughs> seeing is 
very repetitive work. I was seeing my directors and senior managers coming in at eight in the morning, leaving at eight in the evening. Uh, they don't even see the children because, you know, the child, when they leave their house, it's a, uh, the child was asleep. When they come back home, the child is asleep. Mm. So I suddenly started realizing, hold on, this dream, uh, is this really where I want to be for the rest of my life? And that's kind of where the doubt started to set in. And uh, and then I went to university and then I started thinking maybe it was just Deloitte. Maybe other places are less boring. And by the way, the work <laughs> I was doing was accounting tax work, which oh, is yes. incredibly repetitive, Indeed. incredibly boring. And it completely drained me emotionally, spiritually, wow. mentally. Uh, it, was, it was a real wake up call there. Boy, this is what working life is like. Mm. So, uh, so at university, I said, okay, maybe it was just Deloitte. So then that's where I went and tried to do as many internships as I could in as many different sectors. So that's why I applied to Bloomberg, which is a tech company. Then I went into the banking space with UBS. Then I even did some HR work for um, uh, Barclays. So I was really trying to figure out what is it that I'm going to enjoy doing, which is something that I would recommend all young people. Don't follow the salary. Mm. Because if you find something that you're really good at and something that you have a strength in and that you enjoy, you will thrive. And if you thrive, the money will follow. Wow. So that's uh, one bit of uh, advice I would like to uh, share from the outset. And cutting a long story short, I also caught an a entrepreneurial bug while I was at university. Mm. I mean, I've always had that. I was always selling things in school and always trying to figure out how to make money. I and mean, my parents had very uh, sort of uh, low-income jobs, so I always felt bad asking them for money. Mm. So I always tried to figure out how can I make some money and cover my own expenses. And uh, I, I reached a point in my Third, second year of university where I, where I came across a very important piece mm. of advice. And I would like to share this please, with uh, all students, whether, whether you're young and like you're, you're studying for GCCs or A-levels or you're already at university, even if you're uh, in year nine, this piece of uh, advice would really help you. Mm. And that piece of advice was that when you finish your university, you have a golden window of opportunity mm. because this is a time of your life where you don't have, you're an adult, however, you don't have responsibilities such as, you know, uh, children, rent, mortgage, yeah. uh, providing for the child. So this is your golden opportunity to do something very important. And that's not go and get yourself a job. And that is explore mm. and to know yourself, explore, try different things, fail, try again, mm. and really set yourself up for a, a fulfilling life mm. rather than getting yourself into a job, which you're going to uh, come to dislike within probably a matter of six days or six weeks. Um, and, and that's what I did. I said, okay, this is my golden opportunity. And I saw a lot of my older friends Mm. who were very talented, very active, doing a lot of great things for the community. Suddenly they get a great job in the city mm. and they disappear. Mm. 
Uh, and literally disappear. <laughs> they, 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 they can't keep up uh, relationships with friends. Friends, they are always working, and whatever little time they have, they try to spend that with their families, of course. So there's no time to do anything else extra. Talk to me about this myth. So before, sorry to interrupt yeah. you. I really want to ask you this question. No, no, uh, talk to me about this myth of, and I've, I've been given the fact that I come from similar backgrounds to you, and I've had similar experiences to you, and uh, speaking to you is kind of feel like I'm talking to myself in the mirror to be honest with you yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the question that i have yeah. is that uh, talk to me about this myth of working for in central london working for these big companies and then and then you got there and then you realize you've been there and i've, I've seen so many people who are in their 40s and 50s who've been there for 20 odd years who are directors who are on good salaries but like you re- rightly said they barely get to see their parents i mean parents they barely get to see their kids they barely get to spend time with them um talk to me about this myth why how has this been created in our communities that this is the path to go and this is the the golden ticket to to freedom and and success and 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 there's no other way i mean how do all of us you me and everybody else who are behind us as well who might be listening to this who are students um have the same mentality where do we get this from so what's really interesting and again this is a very important topic to speak about mm. on across uh, about education is that from a very young age we're being programmed for a very specific um future mm. and we've been programmed from a very young age to basically become employees and play a role in in the economy mm. so as far as i can remember I, I, um, my father always even when i was like three years old <laughs> he'll be like tanim do you like this car oh fantastic so if you get a good job <laughs> you'll be able to get this car yeah right? yeah and he's always done that and and and, and i'm obviously myself i'm a, from asian ethnicity mm. our parents big emphasis on education and they do so with the best of interest True. because they want us to have more than they had mm. and uh, many of our parents you know had you know were working class had very very my, my father was a, a healthcare assistant wow. so he used to work in a care home mm. all his life he's worked in a care home taking care of old people for minimum wage so he wanted a better future for me and my brother mm. right so the and the most um sort of a uh, dependable way the most um predictable way of having a better future is get a great job mm. and have a great a great career right mm. now the, the, there's something that they've missed in this um in this formula mm-hmm. and that's the fact that uh you know many of us once you uh, we, we don't have to worry about survival our True. parents had to worry about survival True. our parents had to worry about putting food on the table now we don't have those worries mm. and because of that and because of uh, the um, maslow's hierarchy of needs we have very different needs than them mm. for them for as long as there was food on the table they were able to provide mm. they're very happy we because we have all the hygiene factors in place mm-hmm. our needs are different we want to feel like we are making an impact we want to feel like we are you know um contributing to something meaningful we want to f- have a fulfilling life mm. we want to ultimately have this thing called self actualization mm. which is that i am doing something truly unique uh that's making a difference in the world and and the work that i'm doing is the work that i was supposed to be doing wow. i was sent on this planet to be doing this work right and that's like if you look at anyone who's made an impact in the world they were at this level of self actualization 
Um, so what is happening, and, and 90% of my work now is with professionals in very good careers. Mm. They've made it. The dream has been achieved. However, when they go to work, the whole time they're dreaming about how can I leave? Mm. How can I leave? How can I spend more time with my family? How can I spend more time doing things that I'm interested in? How can I travel more? How can I uh, study more? How can I you know, rest more. A lot of people are, you know, chronically sleep deprived yep. because of how much they're working, yep. especially in London. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and I was lucky enough to meet certain people who were out of the matrix, like you said. Mm. They were not working in corporate jobs, uh, yet they had more money, more time, and more happiness mm. in their life. And for me, that was very eye-opening. Mm. And my question was, if, if they can do it, and they were not particularly talented in anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, why can't I do it? I'm supposedly, you know, in the top 0.001% because of uh, where God placed me mm. and the opportunity that he gave me mm. and the, the education that I was given. If he can do it, why can't I? Mm. And that's really um, the another important message that the, the education and employment is not the only way. Mm. Uh, there are other ways, uh, and these ways are arguably a lot better, mm-hmm. but they may be a little bit more difficult to attain. And what I'm talking about is entrepreneurship. Mm. So uh, so talk to me about that. So how, what was your first entrepreneurial experience? What was the first thing you decided, okay, this is the path I'm taking? And, and, and you know what? Before you actually answer that, answer me this question. How did you convince your family, your parents, that this is the path that you're going towards? And, and how, what were their reactions? And did you feel any resistance from them or no? That was probably the most difficult thing. <laughs> uh, especially, you know, when your parents have such high expectation and dreams mm. for you and so close mm. you know you've worked hard we you've we've emigrated you've come to this country you've worked hard you got your a stars mm. you got your LSD degree you got your internships okay fantastic so next step must be you're gonna get a 50k job mm. right absolutely and when I said, no, Mom, i'm sorry i'm gonna take a gap year and i'm not gonna earn anything for a whole year that that was quite difficult for them uh, and even be able to you know for, for them for me three years i was fighting against their disappointment Wow, and that was probably the most difficult thing, and that one the thing that made me come close to quitting many, many times, mm. because you know, uh, uh, yeah, my only dream was ever to make them comfortable, mm. right? But now I have the opportunity to make them comfortable by going into a job, or choose to go the hard way mm-hmm. and do something that not not only can make them comfortable but completely change their life and my life as well. Mm. So, so talk. To, sorry to interrupt. So, talk to me about those three years. Um, uh, what kind of uh, resist? Because I'm in that phase right now, believe it or not. Because I launched a year ago, and um, and and obviously, and I, I don't know whether you've had this resistance or not. My father's a doctor, so he looks at my wow. uh, whatever I've done or whatever I'm I'm doing right now as. Uh, I won't call it a slap in the face in a sense, but uh, it, it's more like um, it's not at the same per- perceived um, highness to what he has done, Absolutely. what he has accomplished. Absolutely. And uh, and and, and, I've, and he still tells me, and my, my mother as well still tells me, just like your parents did, oh, there are other ways. Look, you have you have your master's. I worked in a pharmaceutical company. I had a 50K job. So, mm-hmm. and, and with a car, with a company car. So I decided, and he was like, you are in such a comfortable place in your life why did you leave this why why do you want to do this right now how do you how do you deal with that sort of naysayers 
uh, even though they are your family, I know that they want the best for you. But how do you deal with that on a day-to-day basis in a most respectful way because they are your parents? Uh, that's a very difficult one. And uh, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I don't think I had the best strategy. In fact, oftentimes, you know, I, I would get upset or perhaps, you know, distance myself a little bit. But it's very painful for them to see because mm. in their eyes, you're throwing away mm. your future. Right? Mm. What they don't understand is that you're creating a better life for yourself uh, and a life where you're going to be mo- much happier. You're going to be contributing more, working with people they actually care about and making a difference in the world. And that's something that a doctor should understand because their work is you know, arguably more fulfilling than being in an office. But you, know, but you know Asians, right? I mean, that's not oh, what yeah. he was thinking <laughs> when he became a doctor in the first place. It was more about the prestige. Yeah. It was more about yeah, the, the wow, this guy's a doctor, basically. That's that's what it was. I, and I'm not I'm not bashing my father. He's a brilliant doctor. Don't get me wrong. But uh, but I, I... No, no, I get it. I get it. I think what you have to do is, is shield yourself and that negativity shield your mind from all that negativity mm. and almost comes in one way or the other. But uh, what, 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 what helped me, and, and for me, that negativity has stopped only because now my parents, especially my mom, they can see the benefits of entrepreneurship. Mm. So, you know, uh, I was able to take two months off when my son was born. I work from home. Wow. I can uh, I take two months off every year. Uh, one month for um, the month of fasting and one month in January just to go traveling. So they're they're now seeing the benefits. So if my mom needs anything, uh, if she calls my brother, he's sitting in an office in Canary Wharf. But if if she calls me, I'm there within three minutes. (laughs) Wow. So she's seeing, and then she sees sort of, you know, the the struggle, the daily struggle of getting up every morning, go to the train station, go to work, come back and be exhausted and... I'm I'm just in my pajamas at home, <laughs> doing you doing what I like both, doing. Brother. Both of us are in pajamas right now. <laughs> yeah. So now she's seeing the benefits of that, mm. and 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 I think it, that's what you gotta work with, which is show them mm. instead of tell them. Is you have to eventually, hopefully, get to a place where they can see the benefits, and then it will click in their mind. Wow, this is incredible. I mean, I really appreciate that. Um, so it's, uh, for those of us, or for those of you guys who are listening, I would definitely want to reiterate the point that he made, uh, Taneem made earlier. He said that he, he obviously he worked for Deloitte, he worked for Bloomberg, he worked for UBS, he worked for Barclays. So he did his research. He, wor- he had the experiences. He looked around before making this decision of jumping into entrepreneurship. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very vital and important decision and it takes um it, it it takes a lot of uh wouldn't you agree it takes a lot on you to make you make you realize no 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 i'm not gonna do the nine to five even if it pays well i'm still going to go take the harder route because this route the the corporate route in the long run would not make me as fulfilled as doing something more valuable for society am i correct in presuming that absolutely absolutely and i think the 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 mindset should be why 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 do i why should we aim mm. to be employees and um, earn 50k a year where we can be employers and earn 50k a month mm. and that's very very possible in a business mm. that's very possible and and that's due to a very important concept that nobody teaches our young people mm. is that time is the most precious thing you have mm. and selling your time for money 
Like, I'm going to give you a year, you're going to give me 40 grand. Yeah. I'm going to give you two hours, you're going to give me 60 pounds. That's the worst way to make a living. Wow. That's true. That is the worst way to make a living. And if you look at the wealthiest people on the planet, they don't sell their time. They're creating value. They're solving problems. Mm. And, and that's the model we should use, especially if you're someone who wants to make a difference in the world. I remember even when I was in school, my dream was, you know, to do something meaningful and, and to help people. Mm. Now, you can go into jobs that allow you to do that. Um, but in a, in a business, so say, for example, I, 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 um, my first business, um, and by the way, you mentioned that I am extremely successful and all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have to, I have to disclaim that, you know, the first three and a half years was very difficult. Mm. And most of the time I was, you know, not in, not barely making ends meet the first, the first three years. It was very, very difficult. I'm going to talk of course, to because yes, your business may be making six figures, right? Mm. But if your expenses are also six figures, and if you have a lot of employees, mm. um, you may you, you may not be taking home mm. that much. Mm. And in the early stages, you want to keep reinvesting in your business as much as possible. Mm. So a business, and this is something else I would like our young people to understand, that business is not just a thing that you do to become rich. Business is actually a vehicle to allow you to impact people at a scale. Mm. Uh, you mentioned earlier that my interview coaching business, you know, there were 2,000 people that went through my program in 19 countries. Mm-hmm. That was only possible when I turned my interview knowledge into a business. True. Before that, it wouldn't have been possible. I would have to speak to people one-to-one, right? Mm. Until I made a website, until I started to charge so then I can actually put money into uh, advertising, mm. that's when I started to be able to work with people across the globe. Uh, and that's the power of business, uh, that you can make a difference to people's life at scale. So even right now, we have a business school where we, we're helping you know, sort of young professionals make that transition mm. away from uh, their lovely jobs that they don't like into firstly uh, identifying what they what unique impact they want to have in the world what is it that they're passionate about mm. what is their main strength mm. and we're looking to turn those two things into ventures that can make a difference in the world and if you're making a difference in the world the money will follow mm. you don't need to worry about that mm. and even that you know we, we have students from india we have obviously the uk we have students from the middle east we have students from new york and that's only possible because it's a business mm. and i'm able to you know put money into uh, reaching different markets and making the content good. You, you, the money is a very important um, sort of factor of, of the whole equation. You, you need that uh, to for, for the project to be sustainable and scalable. Mm. Wow, brilliant. So uh, so you've said a lot of things uh, in, in that and I've t- taken a couple yeah. of points. Um, so first things first, um, talking about your very first entrepreneurial adventure or venture right um this is when you've come out of university um how did you how were you able to find a niche that provides value because a lot of us uh uh, a lot of us who from asian background even from african background as well from basically ethnic minority backgrounds we don't uh we don't really pay attention to um how an entrepreneur thinks we don't think like that at all um so so how 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 were you able to see a gap in the market as it were and fill that gap how did you do how did you go about that 
So the approach I took with that business, and I was um, uh, I was lucky because I came across uh, someone who was teaching how to you know monetize something, uh, a skill or a knowledge that you have. And I invested in a course with this person, mm. and it was a hefty price. It wasn't cheap, but uh, I may I found the money because I knew that it was going to be an important investment, mm. and that's really what allowed me to set things up the right way mm. and not make mistakes and learn from mistakes and just get things done properly. Uh, and having a mentor is another thing that I cannot uh, emphasize enough cool. that if somebody's already where you want to be, uh, they can show you the way and you can get them much faster than if you try to do it by yourself. Mm. So, so essentially what, what uh, the, the, um, the theory was that if there's something that you are currently teaching, that you're good at teaching, mm we can turn that into a scalable business. Brilliant. And I asked myself a question at that time, and this is me in the second year of university. What is it that I can teach well? What are the things that people come to me for help? Hmm. And there were two main things, really. One was that I'm really good at tutoring math, no. and I can get a student to an A star. That was something that I was doing at the time. Okay. The other thing was, um, because I did so many internships um, during university and before university, I was really good at helping people prepare for interviews. Mm. But then it was just one of those two, and I had to pick one. And I decided to go for the interview one because I thought it, it, it's a more interesting, uh, and there's no one, not many people doing much mm. work in this space. And it's more scalable so as well. And it's very scalable. I looked at the market and there's 250,000 students applying for graduate schemes every single year. Wow. And yes, there are many uh, interview coaches and things like that, but there's nobody that's uh, sort of specializing in the student market hmm. and the way that I was doing it, which was a little bit different than your usual um uh, and and because of the course that I that I went through with that mentor, I will I, I was able to learn you know how to do the marketing, how to do the funnels, and uh, you know the important principles, which is you know give lots of value for free, build your audience, mm. build that trust, gain the credibility, and then they will buy what you have to mm. say, what you have to offer. Mm. That becomes the, easier. The problem that I have with uh, mentorships, and uh, that doesn't mean that it's not to say what you said is not true. I hundred percent agree with you. Uh, even like obviously somebody who's done it before you um, uh, being in a shadow of that person will allow you to get there a lot quicker. So you're hundred percent right. How do we go about, and, I, and this is more of a personal question from my side as well, because right now I do have a mentor, um, but she does, ha, does not specializes in the, the, the business model that I have for the business that, that I'm obviously uh, a, a part of. But the, the question I have is that how do you find a credible mentor that you know will definitely help you? Because uh, there's a lot of uh, con artists out there. Okay, and there are a lot of people who are um, in 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 the entrepreneurial space where they sell dreams essentially, um, and then you realize afterwards. And I have done this where I've paid thousands of pounds for a mentor and realized that that was an absolutely waste of my time. So, how do you go about that? How do you find a credible person? I'm I'm glad you asked that because that's a very important question. And the one thing I always look for when somebody is claiming to be able to teach something is I look at their previous students and what type of success they were able to achieve. Mm -hmm. So when I look at this person, you know, some of his students uh, in a very short space of time, they were able to launch uh, really good ventures and they were able to grow them. And I almost started looking up to them 
so some some of my current mentors are students of my this main mentor. Wow. So it's almost like that's 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 the litmus test. Mm. So okay, you claim that you can teach me this. Okay, who else have you taught, and where are they now? Mm. That's a great point. For me, that's a very, very important test. And then there's also the other coin, the, the other side of the coin, which is uh, me and you can go on the same course, mm. get from the same uh, mentor, same trainer, same coach, mm. same information, mm. but you may, may be, be twice as successful as I am. Mm. And I may actually not even end up launching anything. Mm. And that's because 90% is actually down to the student. Mm. And I've seen this because I've attended many of these programs mm. and there's always like 80% of the people who are complaining, they're not, they're not getting results. But then there's the 20% who are, have gone through the exact same course. <laughs> they have the exact same information and they're doing very, very well. So your own mindset, your own um, positive thinking, your own resilience, your own ability to bounce back up, your own problem solving ability plays a big, big part mm. in this and you like you said all of these factors play a role and i this is what i was this is going to be my next question as well um all of these factors just like you said positive thinking and uh, being able to think of your, on your feet being tenacious mm-hmm. all these factors are, make you essentially are making you a better entrepreneur in the at the end of the day and it's helping you become a better person in life in fact as well um i find be entrepreneurship and person development completely synonymous to one another because you realize once you read about business and how a business needs to be run, it kind of have a it kind of has a has a effect on your you and your personality as well so you have to like upgrade in certain ways in our lives you know you know uh, i don't know whether you've had the similar experience but my question is that how do you how do you personally actually acquire the knowledge of entrepreneurship how do you acquire the uh, how did you even find out about the uh, about uh, um, being tenacious and being uh, having basically some of these things are completely basic but they're uh, and obvious of course but uh, but more you read about it more you realize uh, yourself and this is what i'm going through right now that i don't have these basics right in mm-hmm. my life so how do you yeah. how did you how did you acquire that you you have to re-educate yourself mm. and that is because again it's very uh topical on this podcast our education system uh, does not produce entrepreneurs mm. because the education system will teach you that don't make mistakes mm. is bad to make mistakes mm. Don't behave differently. Don't do something strange. Uh, you know, follow the guidelines. Mm. Uh, don't take risks. Mm. So we have to literally re-engineer uh, our mindset. Mm. And what I did, uh, and this was very intentional, is I basically spent three years working for other entrepreneurs mm. wow. uh, in different sectors for the only purpose of growing myself and learning myself. So I put myself into sales jobs. I done yeah, work for e-commerce uh, businesses. I worked for a um, leadership training company. I did some business development. Wow. And my goal was simply build myself as an entrepreneur because mm-hmm. you got to build the man or the woman before you build the empire. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very important. So it's almost like an underground MBA. Yeah. Uh, and that was the difficult period where, you know, I was trying to run my own ventures as well as working for others. And when you work for others, they're not offering you 30K salary, mm-hmm. right? True. Uh, you know, I was working four times a day and I was getting maybe like 800 pounds a month. Mm, wow. uh, but what I was learning and that experience, uh, that's what I valued more than the money. 
you know it, it's a, such a difficult one to unplug uh, because a common common person i wouldn't say i shouldn't really say the common i'd say the person who is part of the rat race who is listening to this podcast who is uh, who's who's who knows or is within the matrix basically um yeah. he would think why would a guy who's earning 50k um yeah. uh, and and, uh, and and basically can make his life dreams come true leave that for 800 pounds a month just to go even lower to basically 0 pounds a month for a certain period of time mm-hmm. why would somebody yeah. what, some why would somebody go through that trajectory and like you rightly said that you worked in e-commerce you worked in direct sales you worked in digital marketing you in your bio as well you even worked in health and nutrition private education oh, yeah. that you told me about <laughs> all sorts man all so, sorts but there's only there was one thing in common which was all these businesses mm. were doing some good work as in something i felt some sort of meaning behind mm. those ventures mm. uh, which is the only thing that kept me going otherwise i wouldn't have lasted as long so this, but your question is like why would you do that <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and the why what you would do that is and, uh, and I'll share a quote that is probably um one of the um, most powerful quotes that helped me staying on that difficult path mm. and that that uh, well as as an entrepreneur you spend a few years of your life living in a way that nobody would mm. that you can live the rest of your life in a way that no one nobody can. Mm, that's a brilliant. So you have to make that sacrifice. Look, if I want to let's say earn 20,000 pounds a month from my laptop and I want to be able to work anywhere in the world mm. and I want to be doing work that I'm passionate about, mm. this is the dream. The dream is not 50k a month mm. uh, working for someone uh serving people that I don't care about working for a boss that doesn't value me that's not the dream mm. and this goes back to education and upbringing we've been sold the wrong dream mm. the real dream should be you know do something with your life which is going to be you know worthy of a legacy mm. do something that you that will excite you every day jump out of bed mm. and the uh, the truth is that if you're good at something money will follow mm. That's right true. how many just if you just look at some youtubers you know there's youtubers that all they do is uh, unwrap new toys <laughs> or play games and play games and they're getting uh, well one of them is on like 19 million subscribers yeah. so he's easily making 200 grand a month mm. in just ad revenue mm. and not taking into any consideration anything else. so there's people on this planet who are making ridiculous incomes just by doing what they love So that should be the dream, right? That should be the dream for more, especially in today's world and today's economy. Mm. The way we live, uh, it really makes no sense to sell your time anymore. Absolutely. It really does. Absolutely. Uh, but um <clears throat> talk to me about um what if everybody goes into this space and I know um this to be I know this might sound weird but i i'm i'm thinking of it from a from a economical standpoint as well or yeah, from, yeah from a mathematical standpoint if everybody goes into entrepreneurship then there's going to be a lot of competition how do you deal with and and there's going to be a lot of failures right and and let's be completely transparent here and i want people to understand that there are definitely more failures and those failures are literally uh, can make and break you in entrepreneurship than than anywhere in any other job so uh, so the, so the level of risk that you were talking about before is is very real um so how do you deal with that how do you deal with failures how do you deal with difficulty in entrepreneurship so well firstly uh, what i like to say is that entrepreneurship is not for everyone mm. 
uh, you have to be a particular type of person, have a particular level of uh, risk appetite and resilience mm. and passion to be able to really be an entrepreneur. Like It was only yesterday I was watching this video on YouTube speaking about Elon Musk, mm. who is the most, one of the most uh, celebrated and coveted entrepreneurs mm. of our times. But what people forget is that there were times where he lost a hundred million dollars. Yep. Yep. And for 10 years, people were laughing at him mm. when he was trying to, you know, on SpaceX and yep. when it failed, the rockets blew up yep. and all that stuff. He went bankrupt almost three times. Mm. Wow. Yet today, he's the most celebrated, visionary entrepreneur. Everybody knows Elon Musk and he's a billionaire. So not many. And by the way, he has three multi-million pound businesses and five children. Yeah, well, exactly. Now, yeah. And wives as well. How many of, would, how many of us would have given up on the when we lost the first million, right? Yeah. He went all the way to 100 million. So this entrepreneurship thing is not for everyone. Uh, but that's not to say that you know we all have to play at that level mm. you know many of us even myself i have no ambitions of being a millionaire mm. my ambition is to be able to do and make an impact mm. you know uh, touch millions of lives and make a comfortable living while doing so mm. in a flexible manner where i can spend time with my family my son my mother that's that's really the goal and the dream i want to be able for my mom to retire and all that sort of stuff i don't want to working anymore so th that's uh, the dream, you know, having a million pounds and not having a family to share it with is no uh, not a type of life that I envision for myself. Absolutely. So the question about how do you, to deal with failures, again, that's another thing that will uh, sift out people who are not made for entrepreneurship mm. because failures do happen. Even in our own business, when the whole lockdown thing happened, mm -hmm. we lost all of our revenues for the rest of the year, literally overnight. Yeah. Now, you have to have that resilience that enthusiasm and that thick skin to to bounce back and make things happen. Of course. Uh, and if you have that, then you've got what it takes to be in this game and to stay in this game for the long run. Mm. If not, then just find a job that at least you're interested in. Mm. And that's perhaps one thing I would also like to have as a disclaimer. Um, yes, I have said that, you know, it, uh, being an employee is potentially the worst way to make a living. <laughs> but if entrepreneurship is not for you and you can't handle the stress mm. and you can't handle the ups and downs, and so the, the best thing for you would be find a job that you actually enjoy. That you And there are jobs that are fulfilling. There are jobs which are meaningful. Find those and just become really, really good at it. Become the best in the world. Money will follow. Wow. Wow. And you talk about uh, creating value, right? So how, do, so what value that you think um, needs to be created in today's space? And I know that some of the work that you're currently doing as well uh, to, to, to kind of fill that gap as well. So what kind of value are you bringing personally to in, in the entrepreneurial space to the people, maybe in our community or, or, or even yeah. beyond? So, so I've chosen to focus on a specific market and a specific niche, mm. which is uh, sort of my community, sort of the Muslim community. Mm. And the reason for that is that, that nowadays there's a lot of, uh, you know, information, guidance and training and uh, gurus that will teach you a, a lot of stuff about entrepreneurship. Mm. However, um, a lot of the time, uh, um, some of the things that are taught are not always suitable for my community because there may be something to do with unethical practices. It could be things to do 
with interest yeah. and leverage. Yeah. So if you just look into investments alone, the whole universe of investing, mm-hmm. 80% of it is not suitable for my community. Mm-hmm. So another question is, how do we solve this problem? Yeah, who is filling this gap and providing opportunities and information and knowledge curated for this particular community? Mm. And the answer, when I looked around, there was nobody. Wow. And then I asked myself, is this something that I can do? Uh, do I have the, the, the knowledge? Do I have the networks, the support, uh, the ability and the passion for this? And the answer was yes, 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 yes. Brilliant. So it became a no-brainer for me to focus on this and make this my life mission, mm. which is, you know, help my community with things like financial independence, financial awareness, mm. investments, and entrepreneurship, mm. which is a, a big one at the moment. Of course. So, um, so you talk about 80% um, of, uh, of it was not applicable to m- Muslims, and you talk about riba, which is interest, which is for those of uh, non-Muslims who are listening, uh, is actually haram, which is prohibited in Islam, not allowed uh, mm. very vividly. And uh, uh, even Allah says, uh, God says in the Quran that uh, whoever uh, deals with riba actually wages war against me. So um, it's definitely not something that uh, Muslims like to take part in. And so therefore, um, automatically they're out of the game because they wouldn't want to uh, take part in that whatsoever so they can't invest their money because the returns that they will be getting would involve some sort of interest on that uh, on that investment and that interest payment because they'll be receiving it they'll be they they, they they can't become they can't keep that in their pockets basically so that's why uh, Tanim actually went another way so this is the this is the question for you Tanim how so what is that way what is that way for Muslims to be able to uh, be an entrepreneur and uh, and become successful and earn 20 20 30000 50000 40000 pounds a month in the halal way which is the prohibited way in islam so uh, what you mentioned is important that you know we are excluded from a lot of financial opportunities mm. because of our faith mm. uh, and and those things are prohibited because they're actually bad for you mm. i mean the whole world came to on its knees in 2008 because of interest because of uh, greed and because of this gambling nature that seems to uh, be present in, in in large parts of our economy and those are all the things that uh, you know, God prohibited. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you find the prohibition of uh, usury in most of the Abrahamic faiths. Mm-hmm. But Islam is the only one that still takes it very, very seriously. So uh, it's important for me to then solve this problem because otherwise we will always be uh, left behind mm-hmm. when it comes to wealth creation because mm-hmm. investing is a very important part of wealth creation. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's one. That's the first thing I started with within my uh, current business, which is the Golden Touch Academy, which is firstly educate Muslims about the importance of investing mm-hmm. and why they should invest and how to invest. Mm-hmm. And secondly, finding those opportunities which are suitable. Mm-hmm. And they are out there. There's very few of them. But somebody needs to put in the time to find them uh, and analyze them, do the due diligence and then share them with the rest of the community, which is basically what I've been doing for the last two years. And we've done just over a million pounds of investment from normal, normal Muslim professionals. Some people, some people invest 2K, some people invest 6K, some people invest 20. Mm. It, it, you know, you don't have to be wealthy to be able to start investing. <clears throat> so now, back to your question, yeah. sorry. No, no, no. Uh, oh, I, I, your question was, you know, what is the way to make that type of money? Mm. 
uh, in in a, a sort of halal way. So I would actually argue that business is intrinsically very Islamic. Yes, it is. In that it allows you, it allows you to benefit people at scale. And in our religion, you know, we are always encouraged uh, that it do, benefit others, help others, remove obstacles, make things easy for others. You know, our beloved Prophet peace be upon him yes. said that the best of you. Uh, is he who benefits others mm. so business allows you to do this at scale so intrinsically there's something uh, very spiritual in business mm. for other Muslims mm. so how do you let's say uh, let's have that as a target how do you make 20,000 pounds uh, a month so let's just say 200,000 a year mm or quarter of a million a year by doing something in an ethical way mm. uh, and that would be uh, find a way to help 200,000 people every year. Hmm. All you need is one pound from them and you've made your quarter of a million, right? <laughs> so uh, find that thing that you can add value to. Find that problem that you can solve. Hmm. Find that uh, opportunity for you to make a contribution and just scale it uh, and, 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 and grow it. And of course, it's not going to happen overnight. But in today's world, where you can spend a hundred pounds on Facebook ads and reach thirty thousand people in a day, mm. uh, it's easier than it's ever been. Mm. So we live in an in an absolutely incredible time. Uh, if you think about mm. it, you know the amount of computing power you have in in the palm of your hand mm. in your smartphone. Uh, Twenty years ago, even the the president of America didn't have that much power mm. in terms of computing power. Mm. Uh, and in terms of reach and in terms of what can be done with that phone. Mm. It's incredible the times we live in. Mm. So we should take advantage of that and uh, and adapt ourselves to the, this current way. So even, let's just say that you have a specific talent in teaching science. Mm. Excellent. Let's start teaching science in in a way that not th not thousands, but hundreds of thousands of people can benefit mm -hmm. from. Mm -hmm. So let's start a YouTube channel. Let's start putting out a lot of good content. And once you have the audience, it's not difficult to then uh, monetize and create an income from that. Mm -hmm. But the key is to you know have that large audience. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so many examples of people who are just teaching and sharing this content for free online and building very large audiences. And then all they have to do is release a program a specialized program or some sort of book or some sort of product mm. and sales happen literally uh, overnight wow wow brilliant i mean that's a that's a great way uh, to scale your business as well like you were talking about private tutoring before teaching maths i mean people there are so many private tutors who might even be listening to this as well because i have them registered on our website as well vitaleducators.com for those of you who don't know um so and, and of course uh, they can easily launch a course and they can publish it on my website and i can scale the website or i can have people attend um yeah. uh, come onto the website and they can easily easily you know, benefit from that basically. Um, Absolutely. So, so, so that's invaluable. So, is that what you mainly teach in Golden Touch Academy? How to scale businesses, how to launch businesses, and how to make money from businesses? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, I mean, I think what what we're really good at doing is taking an individual uh, through a journey to, for for uh, to help them figure out what is their unique key 
uh, value add? What's what, what's their uh, contribution going to be? Mm. And, and 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 can you give an example? I'm at the moment where one of our students uh, is a maths teacher, mm. and what he's working on right now is a program to help GCC students prepare for A level maths. Brilliant. Uh, especially this year because there there was no exams yeah. i have a feeling not many gcc students revise their topics well enough so when it comes to a levels they're really going to struggle so he's developing this course and the first thing he's going to do is the, offer 10 session a, pro, a, a 10 part program mm-hmm. completely free of charge and just blast it everywhere and when you when you do that type of um, offer, mm-hmm. it, it spreads by itself. People share it with their cousins. People share it with their nephews and nieces. People share it with their neighbors. And then, uh, you know, you try and, 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 and get as many people as possible on the free program. Mm-hmm. And once you deliver that program and people benefit, people see the, the value in it, people uh, start to like you as a teacher. Mm-hmm. If you then say, look, I'm now going to do a six-month program, mm-hmm to help you smash A-level maths, mm-hmm. um, majority of the students will sign up. And you can do all of this from the comfort of your home. And, you know, we're working on numbers like, you know, and trying to get 500 people on his free program. Mm-hmm. And even if 100 sign up for his paid program, Brilliant. Wow. Uh, you know, he's going to make more than he makes as a full-time teacher. Brilliant. Brilliant. So these are sort of some of just an example of uh, of the things, and of course that's just one um, project, and he can grow this uh, for the long run if that's what he wants to do. He he's definitely interested in in leaving the teaching profession because of you know the the time uh, freedom element. He still wants to teach, mm. so now we have other opportunities to teach at a scale at a larger scale. Brilliant! Wow, fantastic! And you, earlier you talked about investments as well. Do you still believe that there is a halal way or a prohibited way of uh, not prohibited, sorry, a permitted way of uh, of investing uh, and and earning and uh, earning a proper probably an income as well and uh, and and re- getting a, ha- a healthy return on investment as well? Uh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Most of the uh, investments we look for, uh, we try to look for things which are double digits, so at least ten percent plus. Nice. Some of the things we found are sort of twenty, twenty-five percent, and I know it sounds uh, like a lot, uh, and that's because again, uh, we are only exposed to the very mainstream public opportunities like three percent, four percent, seven percent. But when you start going into certain circles and certain networks with high net worth individuals, those guys don't 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 move uh, they won't move a finger unless you're offering them twenty percent. Mm. So if they're able to get those investments, and most of those investments, interestingly, are to do with property uh, projects nice. and land, nice. can be structured in a permissible way, in a halal way, because mm-hmm. you just need to make sure that there's no uh, transactions involved that uh, have the interest element. Mm. So that's very possible, very possible. And in fact, you know, we, we like I said, we've we've had just over a million pound worth of investment go, go into mm. uh, a few different opportunities. So halal investing is definitely uh, possible. Uh, but you need to uh, be in that space to be able to find those opportunities. And again, that's something that I was lucky. Uh, my business partner was in that sector. Mm. He had access to these opportunities. And that's why I thought that, you know, this is the type of work that I can't afford not to do. Mm. I have to do this because there's no one else doing mm. it. 
So, so uh, what you're saying is essentially, if I'm correct in presuming it, please uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, no. Is that when? Uh, so, what you're doing is you're 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 asking or you're getting two three k from different individuals, and you now you have million pounds worth of investing uh, 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 of of uh, I guess money, and then you're buying properties from that money and you're renting them out. and then you're getting profits on the inv- uh, from the rent and obviously giving that back to people who have invested that amount of money with you is that what you're doing uh, our model is actually uh, quite different in the sense that we don't touch any money we just find existing uh, projects nice. existing investments nice. and we just present them to our network nice. and then we but before we present them we do our due diligence because hmm. obviously you have to Uh, make sure that you're presenting a legitimate opportunity uh, and then after that is completely up to the person whether they want to go ahead or not they we also encourage them to do their own due diligence mm-hmm. uh, and to do their own analysis uh, but we don't force or encourage anyone we literally just present the opportunity and it's almost like making that introduction nice. that hey i know you're interested in investing here's two companies that we found speak to them okay so it's more like sourcing if if i'm correct Well, yeah pretty much and we like that model again because it's very leveraged i don't have to do i don't want to be managing a property uh, in a property portfolio i don't want to be managing a property development site I, i all of this is happening literally through phone calls and emails hmm. from the comfort of my home Makes so sense. that's also another element that you can design your business to suit your lifestyle hmm. which is another important aspect. Now, uh, uh talk to me about starting both of these businesses. Let's let's start with Golden Touch Academy. Now, the first the, the, I, I I don't know whether you'd agree with me, but I would say that starting a company, starting uh, any business idea from an idea to an actual um actual business is one of the most hardest thing the hardest things that you can do. right i don't know whether you agree with me on this but how how do how did you manage to do that how do you overcome because uh, a lot of people have the ideas and and you must have heard of people say oh i've had the idea of that i've had the idea of uber i've had the idea of just eat and um, you realize that uh, those ideas remain ideas so what kind of things that people need to do to make sure that those ideas actually become businesses that's a very good point and uh, the key here is that execution is everything mm. Uh, you can have a million ideas but until you take the step to execute and to make the idea into reality the idea is good for no one hmm. and i remember i can't remember who used to say it but they used to say that the the graveyard is the, the one of the wealthiest places because it's full of million dollar ideas yeah. <laughs> these ideas to the grave with them right hmm. so um the, the way we like to approach business is that don't and put any time effort or money or energy into a business until you know for a fact that is going to work and that there's a demand mm. so there's a few different things that you can do to validate the demand and the potential for that business mm. and the first thing i like to ask is can you think of 100 people right now who would if your business was up and running they would be interested in pulling out not just interested but will they pull out their wallet to uh spend some money with you because uh of the product or service that you have right now because mm. if you can't think of any customers yourself and uh, then guess what when you have your business up and running you're going to be looking around and there's not going to be anyone there to buy <laughs> from you 
whatever whatever your business is. So with Golden Touch Academy, uh, you know, what we were providing in the early days was, you know, investment opportunities. And I just did one simple Facebook post saying that, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking to do this. Mm. Uh, would anyone be interested? And I had 180 messages uh, of people said that, please keep us in the loop because we've been looking for an opportunity to invest for the last three years and still struggling. Mm. So I knew that already, if I have this business up and running, I've got 180 people who uh, will be interested and ready to do business. So you can test your market in that way. Mm. And this was my existing audience. Uh, and obviously, if you, uh, you will grow beyond that in the future. So in the early days of Golden Touch, every event we did, every investment show, every workshop, it was all my friends attending, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew everyone. Friends, ex-colleagues, people that I went to uni with, people that know of me from internships, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But over time, as we are growing and you know more and more people are hearing about our work, uh, when we do an, a, a, a workshop now, I've got I've got no clue of who's in the room. <laughs> so that, that's kind of what happens over time. Mm. But I knew that there was an existing audience there that I could serve, mm. and that's what gave me the confidence to be like, okay, let me let me now invest some time and money into setting this up. And how long did it take you to get to that level? Uh, which level? The level where you don't even know who the hell is in the room. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> a year and a half, I would say. A year and a, a half. A year and a half. Would have been quicker if we were more consistent with our content creation. Mm. So we started with a YouTube channel because we, we uh, our core uh, pillar of everything we do is education. We want to re-educate mm. our community. Mm. Uh, and educate them the right way about money, about mindset, about entrepreneurship, even spirituality. There's a lot of things yeah. that we want to speak about, uh, ba- a balanced life and all these different things. And this is so, one of the main uh, factors yeah. as well. I mean, I definitely see this as a, I wouldn't call it a problem, but I think a cop out is, uh, is a good word to use. Because a lot of us who are in, who are Muslims, I guess, who are religious even, uh, even Christians as well, who think mm-hmm. that, uh, oh, uh, because this is not allowed in my religion, I'm not even going to look at this at all. Um, because it's it's wrong so uh, so so they they don't even open up to the possibility of doing something like this for example because of riba because i know a lot of people that i've spoken to regarding different business ventures or even property as well and they just say this is not something that i want to take part in ever i want to look at different variations of this because it inherently is wrong so how what do you, how do you, how do you counteract that? How do you how do you talk to people and, and and try and make them understand that there are ways in which you can you have to just be open you have to open your mind. How do you how do you do, deal with that? Yeah. Well, firstly, if they have to be willing to listen and to open uh, their mind and see a better perspective, because mm. the fact that you know something is prohibited means that there's a problem here in the sense that we need an alternative, right? Mm. Imagine. If the you know when we came when our forefathers came to the UK and there was no halal chicken, if they said, "Oh, I'm not going to look into chicken because it's haram inherently," <laughs> when I look into solutions, then that's just a little bit silly. And uh, and and you know those type of people probably again mindset. It's a mindset problem. Mm. And those are the people that you know we don't need to be working with because guess what? There's another. Uh, tens of thousands of people who are waiting for someone to help them mm. in, in, get their money working in a halal way. Of course. So you should waste time with individuals 
who are not ready to 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 work uh, with you, because ultimately business is about solving problems. Mm. So you know the problem we're trying to solve is twofold. One is how to get people's money working in a ethical and uh, in an ethical way which is compliant with their faith, and the second problem is how do we, uh, you know, free up. Uh, people from their careers mm. so then they can go on and work on something truly meaningful and something that they would be truly excited uh, to spend the rest of their lives on. I love it. Those are the two problems that we work And if you don't believe that those are problems, you could be someone that believes that having a 50k job is all you need in life. Mm. And some people are very happy. Mm. They enjoy their work. They enjoy their colleagues. They like the the nature of the work. They like the fact that they have a routine. They like the certainty of having that paycheck coming every single month. Fantastic. Very happy for you. Uh, no problem. But there's also a lot of people who are literally crying themselves out of bed every morning mm. who don't want to carry on doing what they're doing. That Monday feeling, oh my God, I've got work to do. And it, you know, funny thing is, it sets up on Sun, on even on like I I used I remember this feeling because on Saturdays I used to think like, oh my God, tomorrow's Sunday, which is the last day of the weekend, you know, like it's it's sad because Saturday was like the happiest day ever. Yeah, but you still have in the back of your mind that oh my God, my yeah. you know it's almost up. How are you supposed to enjoy life if you're living like that? You know, if you're constantly worrying and dreading. Uh, Mondays that's not a way to live is it absolutely not I mean this is what I, I look back at my life obviously I was earning more money but I swear to god I am more happy now than I was when I was working so that's priceless that's priceless you know that yeah, happiness yeah. you can put a price on that 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 fulfillment mm. that you have in the work that you do and over time you know you will grow and you will surpass your previous earnings yeah, I, I guarantee. I you know it's it's all you know what it all boils down to. It boils down to like you said, self actualization. Yeah. I know my talents. Mm-hmm. I know my mission. I know my values. I know my principles, and uh, I know that it will work out for me. Whichever way it takes, I know where I'm going. So, uh, I, I I take pride in that. To be honest with you, Absolutely. so I don't let and that phase me by whatsoever. To that, because again, the uh, your identity. Is far greater than what people think at the moment. You know, you, mm. you, you know, you with the way you see yourself, uh, only you can see that. And mm. the way we see ourselves should be as you know, we're gonna make an, we're gonna put a dent in, uh, in in this universe, right? We're gonna do Absolutely. some big things, and we're gonna mm. do them to make this a better place, and with the mm. intention to pleasing God, obviously as well. Um, Absolutely, and that's something uh, you know when you live at that level uh, it, it, life is very very different you, you're not just a dog mm. anymore you're literally um you know the energy that comes from that vision and from that way of being and living it's a very mm. exciting way to live absolutely absolutely and Thaneem amazing thank you so much for coming on how I do really people reach it. out to you I really enjoyed it uh, they can check out our business school which is mm-hmm. www.gta.school uh, that's Golden mm-hmm. Touch Academy, not the, yeah. the PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it's quite memorable, so I'll keep it like that. GTA. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, you know, you can find us on YouTube, uh, Golden Touch Academy. And if mm-hmm. you want to reach reach out to me directly, I'm on LinkedIn. You can email me. I'd be very happy. Anyone listening to this who 
uh, you know, uh, connected with the, the, the things that we spoke about and is after that, uh, you know, bigger, more meaningful, more fulfilling life uh, and, and that type of future, let's have a conversation and let's see if I can help you to figure out what it is that you can do with the rest of your life. Brilliant, Reem. Thank you so much for coming on. You're, you've been a fantastic guest. I loved having this conversation. This was a generally an amazing experience. Thank you so much. Me too. Thank you so, so much. I really enjoyed it. And uh, oh, a pleasure. thank you for everyone listening as well. Brilliant. All right. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. This was Vital Educators Podcast by Ahmed Sakeem. Hope you enjoyed. Please follow or subscribe for more content every week.